Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 158 of Slam Fire Radio for June 3rd, 2016. I am one of your hosts, Trevor the Furlot. Trevor the Furlot? Trevor the Furlot. Whatever. Trevor. It's been a while. The Furlot. <laughs> I'm another one of your hosts, Matthew the McClatchy. And I'm another one. I'm the guy. I don't know what I am. <laughs> I know what is a host. I'm Kelly Lynn. I'm the classy one. And I'm Adriel Michaud. Just keep telling yourself that, Kelly, and maybe someday it'll be true. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. In the, okay. In all fairness, in this crowd, yes, you are the classy one. I concur. I concur. Yeah. Not class. saying much, but Adriel, Adriel, do you concur? Concurs were had. Yes. Why didn't I concur? You did concur. You oh, concurred first. Right. I forgot. Kelly, do you concur? In this cl- crowd. <laughs> yeah. In all, in, all, in all crowds. How's that? Rockiest start ever. This is yeah. awesome. No, it's not the rockiest ever. It's oh, it's probably. one of them. Top ten. Top ten dumbest starts ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Matthew. What have you been up to? I've been up to some stuff. Uh, I think if my memory serves me correctly, I shot a black badge match with you last weekend or two weekends ago. Uh, two weekends ago. Two weekends ago. I've done two back to back. I've been off two weeks in a row now. Yeah, so have I, so I can't keep track of what's been going on. All right. Well, where were you this weekend when I was shooting a black badge? I was busy. I was doing paintball this weekend, actually. I, no, that was, that's not right. I was doing paintball this weekend. But I don't know what I was doing last Thursday, why I wasn't on. I don't know. What was the question? Uh, where were you <laughs> on, where were you on? <laughs> Thursday, May 26th? I don't know. All right, then. Carry on. All right. So I shot a black badge match with you. Lots of fun. Um, you won. I did win. Yes, these things happen. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't right. one of those like really well earned wins because most of the people I was shooting against were the black badge students. So, yeah. uh, you know, they were good and they were safe, and that's all I cared about. My, you know, every time one of them got up, my words to them were: "Remember, you're not here to go fast. You're here to survive. Don't that's get true. DQ'd." <laughs> I um. Okay, never mind. We'll get to mine later. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I did that, and then I went groundhog hunting, and by groundhog hunting, I mean I was driving down the road, and I saw a groundhog, so I got out and shot him. And thanks for that picture, by the way. That was a different groundhog. Oh, different. Oh, Everybody's so shot groundhogs but me. Yeah, so I've gotten two groundhogs so far. So this uh, the second groundhog, I'm at my parents, and I, this is actually last uh, Saturday. Uh, I was roughing paintball, and mom fed us afterwards, so we are eating supper, and then mom yells, there's a groundhog out by the runway. And I look out, and sure enough, there's this groundhog poking his head up. And I'm like, oh, great, I didn't bring any guns. Mom's like, dad's got a shotgun. I'm like, oh, yeah, dad, you got any ammo? He goes, maybe. So he wanders off and finds a couple of number six birdshot shells. And he's got a single-shot cooey with the, you know, 26-inch barrel and the full choke. So anyway, grab that from down over the door and take the trigger lock off and wander off into the woods there. And the groundhog ran away. But then uh, I just stayed nice and quiet, and then the groundhog came back, and so I shot him. 
It, Excellent. It wasn't terribly challenging, but it was a lot of fun. So anyway, two groundhogs down. Yay. Um, other than that, um, I am anxiously awaiting my Troy PAR, but it's not here yet. I hope it's here before the charity shoot, because I plan on bringing it. And, uh, oh, I bought two LAR uh, 15 mags, because I wanted to, I guess. <laughs> LAR 15 mags? Yeah, LAR 15s. It's a 10-round mag, the pistol mag. They're called LAR-15s, aren't they? Oh, I thought they were called LAR-10s. Whatever. You bought, okay, you bought Whatever. I got some 10-round mags. Right. That's, uh, that's for hunting, right? So you yes. something nice and short and out Exactly. Of the way. So it fits into the rifle nice and clean. And, uh, so. only, if only you knew a couple of guys that made Beowulf mags. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And this is something that, uh, that most polymer mags suffer from. If you leave them loaded, the lips will spread. Yeah. That's why the uh, the Magpul mags come with those little yeah. clips on the top, right? Yeah. Well, Push we're not down. smart enough to design something like that, so yeah. I can't leave those loaded in the truck constantly. So I was like, I'll get some metal AR-15 or uh, LAR-15 mags and, and carry those instead. So mm-hmm. that's what I'll have for hunting. And then, of course, I'll use the Beowulf mags whenever I'm shooting at the range and just having fun with it. So, But, uh, yeah, that that's... Pretty much, uh, you know, uh, paperwork and stuff, getting ATTs for events across the country. Adriel, still waiting on that letter of invite for you, or from you, so we can come to Alberta and shoot that pistol course. Who's putting that on, anyway? Uh, oh, yeah, us. Right. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Do we, do we want to tell the listeners what our motto is for the course? Yes, we do. All right, go ahead. All right, so I'll say I'll say the, the title and you say the tagline. Ready? Okay. All right, so the, the course is Pistol Fundamentals 1. We put the mental back in fundamental. <laughs> I concur. It's going to be mental, all right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, also Trevor and I have been de- developing the curriculum for that, uh, putting some some thoughts together on paper, so we will be fully prepared by the time we get there. And it's looking like it's going to be a really fun course, and people who are going to be there shooting it are going to learn uh, a lot of what they wanted to learn, I think. And by putting together curriculum, he means we're stealing ideas from other instructors. Actually, that is true. <laughs> so, so, Jason, Brian, what works? What doesn't work? Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, Tommy, what, what works? What doesn't work? Actually, I didn't sit down with Jason and, and uh, Brian yet, but I'd like to have them on the show to talk about, you know, the challenges of teaching. And, and we'll, do a to- we'll do a show topic on uh, teaching handgun classes before we get out there. With talk to, we'll, we'll talk to other instructors because we're instructors now. Yes, to we're other instructors. Cool clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And exactly. they can help you with the mental part. <laughs> yes, they could. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want Jason to kill me anymore. Anymore I than he already has. I'm hoping we moved on. Right. He can, he can snap you in half. Terrific. That That's basically all I did. So whoever's next can go. I, I don't right. have the show notes open, so I'm not even sure who's next. I'm next. Oh, that's you. Go ahead, Jerry. Yep. So um, I taught a black badge course on the weekend of the 21st, 22nd, so that's why I wasn't here. So we did a classroom portion on Friday night and then the range portion on Saturday. Good class, small class. There was three students officially and one requalification. Somebody who took it in 2013 hadn't shot a match since then, so I allowed him to uh, take part and shoot all the qualifications. And then uh, he renewed his membership and... And then shot with us in the match on Sunday. So the match on Sunday was okay. Only I didn't win, and I, I, you know, I, I <laughs> you had you had some some rough. You had a rough start. 
Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, it was on a stage that, well, no, it wasn't actually that bad of a stage to have a rough start on. But then you knew that you had to do really well in the next one. And I think you psyched yourself out. And that's exactly what happened. And as a guy who teaches mental training for sports, I should know better than that. But that's exactly what I did. And the irony of it all, Matthew, yeah. is I won the first stage. Oh, did you really? So you're like, oh, crap, I have to do really well in the next one. And meanwhile, no, you don't. You won. I'm like... I had a little bit of trigger freeze and didn't like one of my transitions. And I'm like, I blew it. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) This just cost me the match. Who says that? Don't say that. This stage cost me. No, no. It's no. Anyway. Everybody can, anybody can have a bad day. So you're supposed to carry on. Right. As if you were normal. As if I was normal. That's right. Uh, Who won the match again? uh, Nick. Nick won the, so Nick is, Nick is Harold's son and Nick, took his black badge with Matthew and I back in 2011 when he was 12 years old. So um, he's been shooting a Glock 35 with, in 40 caliber uh, since day one. Um, he doesn't believe in aiming, shoots with a bent elbow, and uh, I wish he would correct those things because that's what's really he'd, holding him back from really, really whomping us. Yeah, he'd, he'd do really well if he would listen to some advice. But he's shooting his way, and, you know, when he gets older, maybe he'll realize that he doesn't know everything and he'll figure it out. Well, and I mean, he is I mean, he's, he, huh? he's good. He's oh, good. Oh, he's absolutely he's good. But, you right. know, and this is not a disparaging remark against him. He's, a, he's at that age where I was at that age before. You know, you know everything. Yeah. Nobody can tell you anything until you figure it out for yourself. And that's cool. Everybody goes through that. So yeah. and no big I, deal. I just, I'd like to change, I like, I would like him to change a few things because I think it would speed up his improvement and his progression. Right. So, because uh, he's got, you know, he's, he's got the gaming part figured out. Like he knows how to tear down a stage. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Heck, a shooter. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not happy that it beat me. It's probably the second or third time and I hope it doesn't start to become a, a, a reoccurring event a regular event yeah <laughs> so uh, so yeah I was third it was it was Nick then his father then me mm. um, what else I did lots of bullet casting and powder coating um, for uh, my uh, my 40 I'm loving it I've, I've finally tested that ammunition in my chronograph I'm getting with five grains of H or no sorry Five grains of Winchester 231, I'm getting 177 power factor. And there's not a huge, like there's a very small noticeable difference in accuracy. But for action shooting, nothing that can hurt me. Like today, I was standing at about 25, 30 yards. Uh, I had two rounds left and I shot at the plate rack and I was able to hit the plates on the plate rack. Two of them, two shots. Two plates. I was able to do it no problem from 25, 30 yards. So that's more than acceptable for action shooting accuracy. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll shoot like an inch and a half, two-inch group off the bench at 20 meters. So I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, what else? Then um, James Bork, the guy who uh, is a friend of ours, shoots Ipsic with us. He's the guy who bought the uh, the motorboating uh, ear protection. <laughs> James and I taught a course the next weekend in the Miramichi. So, again, we did the classroom portion on Friday night. What a long night. We didn't get there until 11 o'clock at night. The next morning, we were on the range. We got started a little bit late, but we didn't stop the black badge until like 6.30. It was a long day. There was a lot of people that had to reshoot. Unfortunately, we lost one guy. There was one guy who, no, they're still looking for him. I'm just kidding. We were supposed to have 10 people. Seven showed up Friday night. And then those seven came to the range on Saturday morning. 
Um, the way that I go through the qualifications, the book says you only have to get it right once. So as an instructor, I don't think it's fair to make the entire class shoot the the um, the qualification that we're doing, whether it's draw and shoot two in three seconds. You know, if you get it, I give you the choice. You got it. You can sit down, drink some water, bomb up your mags. Or you can shoot it again because these three guys didn't get it and they have to shoot it again. So rather than force everybody to shoot again, if you didn't get it, you have to shoot it again. I'll either have them shoot it again once right there on the spot, maybe twice. But then what I'll do is I'll check it off on their list. Everybody has a qualification checklist. I'll be like, all right, this guy didn't get this. We'll move on. And then we'll come back at the end of the day and reshoot the ones that you didn't get in the morning. And it's been my experience, and I think Matthew will agree with me, that... After lunch, they've settled in, their nerves are gone, they've got some food in their belly, they've had more trigger time on the gun. When we go back and shoot those things that they didn't pass in the morning, they almost always get it on the first try. Yep, that's that's been my experience with that too. So we had one gentleman who he told me later that before the course, he couldn't even hit the IPSC target from seven yards. So with that in mind, he shouldn't have been in the class. Right. Yeah, you should you should go prepared to be able to shoot that. Right. So this year, the students register directly with Ipsic New Brunswick, and then you just get a list of names. And so there's you don't have a, an opportunity to have some back and forth with the students until about... Well, that's not true. You do you do get the, the certificates and the pins and stuff two weeks leading up to the class, which is a good window of opportunity. So I did start a dialogue, but... I didn't get, like, the form has changed. You used to have a form that would go out that would say, how many rounds have you put through the gun? And if they'd say none, I would be talking to them before the class, right? Yeah. The standard that we go for is you're supposed to be able to put an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper on a target, and from 20 meters, you should be able to keep 10 bullets on that piece of paper. That's kind of the benchmark that you should be going for before you take a, a black badge class. Because as you've heard us say many, many times, the black badge is not a class that teaches you to shoot. It's a class that teaches you to shoot Ipsic safely. You're already right. supposed to know how to handle your firearm. Anyway, so the guy struggled for the better part of the day. He was he was okay about it. He had a good attitude and everything, but his accuracy was, was not there. And then when we threw in the time component, a lot of them had a hard time with the time component. And... Um, so because of all the reshoots, we got off the range late. But when we got to 25 meters where you go, you, you kneel, take a shot, stand up, reholster, beep, draw the gun, kneel, take a shot. And so that's done from 25 meters. He put four of them in the dirt. before They didn't even get to the to the berm. He was flinching his muzzle that bad and um, had a hard time to reach controls on the gun. So anyway, after that, I said to him, I said, uh, what do you think? You think you're going to make it? And he just looked at me. He was so relieved. It was like he was like, yeah, you could tell that he wanted to quit, right? He was just like, you could see the relief on his face. He's like, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. So, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't think you're going to make it either. I said, you know, just call it a day. Get some practice. You're paid. You're not being kicked out of the class. You're just not ready. You're just not ready. So, I'll, you know, tell New Brunswick, Ipsic New Brunswick that you paid. You go out and practice and then try and sign up for another class somewhere this year if there is one. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see him. He packed up his gun, got in the truck, and, and left, and I found out later that he wasn't sure if it was for him, and he was kind of talked into taking the class, like, go go take it, and then shoot a match or two, and then if you like it, great. If not, well, you'll know. Yeah, those types of people don't typically stick around very long anyway. Yeah. What, what do they call them, tourist? Well, he, tourist wasn't one of, he wasn't one of those guys where, like, uh, you know, 
I'm borrowing a gun and I don't have a license. He had his own license. He had his own gun. Right. He's been in guns for a while. But it's not like he found Ipsic online and right. went, oh my goodness, I've got to do this. Yeah, he was he was encouraged to come take it. Yeah. So, so what type of shooting did he like to do? He was a shotgun guy. Okay. Yeah, so... Mm. Okay. So anyway, James James uh, was uh, assisting me. He's on his way to becoming a certified instructor, and he did a fantastic job on the range. I will teach on the range with James anytime. He just when he's on the range, he's very comfortable. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to communicate his ideas to the students. So it was a lot of fun having him there. Uh, unfortunately, I think his hearing protection is probably going to have me charged with assault. <laughs> um, I may have mauled them a little bit. They feel very supple. Um, very soft, those gel cups. It's no, it's, it really is the best way to describe how they feel is like motorboating. It, um, <laughs> yeah. So. It's worth every Canadian penny. Is you know, it's said. not. You know how much those things cost Canadian? A lot. Yeah, like five fifty. Oh, I'm serious? Out. I'm serious, man. 550 bucks for a set of hearing protection. Yeah, uh-huh. no. Hmm. No wonder he let me keep the ones that I found at the match. Thanks, by the way. I don't think I ever actually thanked him. So... So yeah, so Saturday night, um, Christina and I went and stayed. A, he's got a cottage on the on the uh, Miramichi River, so we stayed the first night in the hotel, and then to save money because Doug's Club in Ipswich, New Brunswick, is helping pay for me to be there to teach the class because they don't have their own instructor. So to save money on the second night, we went and stayed uh, with James. And James said to me, he said, "If I hear you say in the show that you stayed at a listener's house, <laughs> it's not going to go well." <laughs> so I'm not to refer to James as a listener so anyway and then we shot another match and this match matthew started off like the other match um the first three stages not so good i got Mm -hmm. the results today uh i finished third in the first three stages but then i won every other stage so i won the match that's good yeah i had uh muffin and pat with me in my stay in my squad and both of them is one of the best matches i think i've ever seen them shoot like i looked at jason and said when did you get good (laughs) <laughs> nice. Oh, no. I bet you he liked that. Yeah, well, no, but they were shooting strong. They weren't getting mics. They weren't hitting penalties. They weren't uh, making mistakes on the stage. And I know Pat wants to be a gamer, right? So I would yeah. I would come up with a way to game the stage. And Pat was doing the scores, and I'd walk over before it was my turn to shoot. And I'd go, yeah, Pat, you're going to want to watch this. <laughs> so there was one stage, for example, I figured out if I stood in a certain location that I could shoot um, well, I shot three targets for one location, went to the other location, shot the moving target, and then activated it. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. So, and then it was a disappearing target too, right? So yep. I shot it while it was stationary, got full points on it, and then didn't have to try and... So. That's that's just poor game or poor stage design. Yeah, and I was part of designing it. <laughs> oh. Huh. That was the other way. thing. At the end of the day... After the black badge was done, then God loved Doug. He's like, all right, Trevor, now go build me some stages. All right, where's your drawings? There are no drawings. Go make them up. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So was like, first, drawings? What do you mean drawings? So I was like, all right, oh, his Ipsic uh, alias is old guy. All right, old guy. You're going prone. <laughs> I built a prone stage. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I recruited, um, with the help of Paul Lombard, three field officers for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. We didn't have any field officers signed up yet in New Brunswick. So the new field officers are, shout out to Luke Giroux from the Moncton area, 
Chris Lynch for the St. John area. Oh, this is for Trevor Count. Much good. No. And Filthy and Fred for the Fredericton area. Nice. So these guys will uh, be representing C- CCFR at uh, local um, gun shows and the like. So Cool. Yesterday I went shooting with Paul Lombard. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. but It Paul looks like is, Lombard to me. Perfect. He is uh, the field officer coordinator for New Brunswick, and he took me to the new range in Florenceville. Have you been there, Matthew? I've seen it. It's pretty cool. It's cool. Uh, got a 50-meter range with a covered firing point and then a 200-meter range uh, up and around the corner from it. Uh, pretty cool. We chronographed my um, 223 and my 17HMR. Um, the Everybody says the Narinko bulk 223 ammo is hot. Well, it turned out to be between 31 and 3,200 feet per second, which I don't think is hot. I think that's where 223 should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hornady 17HMR ammo. Oftentimes, like 22, I know, Matthew, you've chronographed many 22 rounds. Yep, they're day. usually slower than they're advertised. Yeah, the 17 HMR ammo, the Hornady stuff, is actually hotter than the box says. Cool. It's listed at 2250, and it was all 2260, 80, and up. So it's pretty cool. Nice. And then tonight I went to the range and practiced the Texas Star, the Dueling Tree, and the Plate Racks for the Steel Challenge on Saturday. Yes, that's coming right up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's it for me. Adriel, how about you? Uh, I got out to the range this weekend and uh, busted two boxes of clays with a buddy of mine. Got a bit of a sunburn because <laughs> it was kind of nice out. Uh, but uh, I was out there testing two things. So one of them was, uh, uh, I, you've, you've heard me talking about my Stoger and, and uh, um, rely, like minor reliability. Like I'm talking, let's say like one out of 20, which still isn't it, like with target rounds. I want it to be more, the, more reliable than uh, having issues with one out of 20 shells. Uh, so I was looking around on the internet and I found some people who were uh, running a lighter hammer spring. There's uh, uh, When you think of the bolt coming back, it's got to push that hammer all the way down and then kind of click it in place and ride it on the way back and then ride it on the way forward as well. Uh, and they sell uh, Benelli M2 reduced power ha- hammer springs, again in the U.S. Um, so rather than buy that, I just modded my hammer spring. I just cut a coil off of it, uh, lengthened it, which... The OCD out there and the the mechanical engineers are probably screaming right now, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I did, and uh, it worked. Uh, I I now have no reliability issues with that Stoger, so uh, it turned out to be that that hammer the the hammer spring was just too stiff. It's still I'm still getting 100 uh, percent uh, fire rate when the hammer is striking the uh, uh, the firing pin, but uh, now the reliability is. Again, also 100% with target ammo. So it was it was fine with heavier ammo before. Now it's fine with uh, target ammo. I'm running uh, one and an eighth uh, ounce uh, three drum equivalent. So it's still it's still heavy heavy rounds, but uh, now it's working. So I'm going to start using that. Um, I also took that modded Partis out and uh, shot it a whole bunch more. Uh, that's that one that looks real awful. That again, the OCD people out there and the people who like nice things don't like the uh, the bare metal and <laughs> Do you know uh, who Andy Shan is? He's on our playing cards, listener of the show, Andy. I call him Captain Andy. He took the Daniel Shaw Rifle Clinic with us. Mm-hmm. He's. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, I've heard his name. Come okay. So he yeah. saw he saw the pictures of you ripping that shotgun apart, and he's like, and he was so unapologetic about it. I loved it. <laughs> you know, you just went to town on that thing with a 
hammer and a, a jackhammer <laughs> and a table saw, and it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. And it ran, it ran really well, too. So uh, so now I've got my backup three-gun shotgun uh, basically ready to roll. Um, and uh, I also had a um, uh, one of my buddies came out, and he was shooting a, a Partis SL. And, uh, and a very interesting thing happened. You know that rail that goes along the top for, uh, for sighting along? Mm-hmm. Right at the back, uh, it let go. So it's supposed to be silver soldered to the barrel, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we were we were getting the guns real hot, but not hot enough to melt solder. Uh, but uh, just through firing, the heat, the hammering of it, that uh, rear part of the rail let go. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to send it back, and uh, I don't know, get it get it repaired under warranty. So yeah, that's kind of that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I I've never seen it happen to a shotgun, I've, but I guess yeah, I've never seen a sight rail come off a gun before. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah, well, it's just soldered on the uh, on the barrel there, so huh. I I guess, yeah. It, you know, the other thing that I was thinking of is that rail was really tight to the receiver and it might have been that 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 it was it, like it's supposed to be hitting this ring that's around the barrel. That's what's supposed to index against the receiver when you pop your barrel into your receiver, but it might have been that that rail was just a just a hair too long and it it was hitting the receiver. And if that's the case, if it was hammering it for with every shot, yeah, it's it going to bust it off for sure. Yeah. 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 So uh well, whatever, that's someone else's problems. Yeah. <laughs> warranty, so. <laughs> Not my it. gun. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, so uh, uh, I think I mentioned last show that uh, a, a listener had mailed out a, uh, a, a different piston. So the, the ones that come with the Partises run like a, a real light uh, piston, and they, it, it works fine with, with target loads. But on the flip side, with three-inch uh, magnums, it hammers, like the bolt comes flying back, and uh, it looks like it's uh, just a little bit too fast. And uh, it, it really ejects the shells way, way, way out far. So it's, it's running it a little bit hard. And uh, so anyways, you change the piston out to this different piston, which uh, ha- engages with the uh, cylinder just a little bit lower down and uh, disengages earlier. It's a little bit loose, though, in the cylinder itself. So I don't know if it's going to work or not. It's kind of like it, sh- it should be stiff in there uh, and it's kind of rattly. I don't know. So I'll try it out. <laughs> And that was a piston from a Weatherby SA08, which kind of looks the same as this one's. So, well, we'll see. So, yeah, more shotgun stuff. I said at the start of the year that I was going to do more shotgun stuff, right? So I'm trying to, I'm trying to stick to it and uh, uh, get my shotguns reliable and get practiced with them. Whenever I'm, I'm busting clays at the range, I'm running my three-gun gear. So I'm practicing my reloads uh, um, just like I was at a match kind of a thing, right? Only on clays. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you certainly are, you know, talking about shotguns. You're living up to what <laughs> that you do, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kelly, what, what were you up to? Um, actually, not very much. Sunday, I went to the range. Uh, we went to the Frontenac, and they were doing a PPC event. So all of the ranges were busy except for 125 uh yard range so went on to that well, originally when we went we were going to practice uh we did up a target so um aqts trevor you remember those right yeah i was actually using them yesterday said in my ar at 50 okay so 
the AQT is the Army Qualifying Test. Uh, we use that at Appleseed, but we changed the AQT. We modified it, and now we're calling it the MQT because we're going to try it out at the Maple Seed. Anyways, stage two of uh, the charity shoot is going to be AQTs or MQTs. And so we modified it, and we wanted to test it out, see if it was working at all. And um, so we, But we needed to have 50-yard range, and they didn't have any right then and there because they were all being used for the PPC event. So we went to the 25-yard range that was available, the one, and we set up a little mini IPSC um, stage. So I practiced that for a little while. I just love that. I really need to get into it, you know. I need to get off the, you know, pot and just do it. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do it then. Just do it. You, yeah, I didn't sound. It didn't seem like you needed our encouragement. It sounded like no. you had all of your own there. But uh, well, I was waiting for Trevor to say something. Oh, uh, well, Trevor's distracted. His phone just rang. Oh, that's true. I heard that in the background. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, he he's distracted for sure. I heard someone was setting up an Ipsic uh, something. Yeah, stage. Yeah. <laughs> You'll just have to listen to it again later. Just make I your can. comment while you're listening to it, and then just pretend the listeners heard it. Yep. Oh, okay. Yell yeah, at that's it. Not work. Like you normally do when you're listening to podcasts, yell at it. Or you could- <laughs> I do do that, and Christina gets really annoyed. She's like, you know they can't hear you, right? So when it's you guys. <laughs> so you yell louder? <laughs> no, but if it's you guys, then I'd just send you a Voxer, right? Right. Yeah. Anyways. So after that, we did go to a 50-yard range, and we tried it out, and it works perfect. Um, I was able to shoot uh, Rifleman. Kevin was, too. He beat me for some reason. Uh, but I did really well on the standing stage. I got uh, 49 points, six more Vibles, and they were really tight. I only missed by a little bit for the full 50 points. So that was kind of, anyways, just saying. It was fun. And you guys will sh- be shooting those at the charity shoot. Can't so, wait. Shooting the what now at the charity shoot? The, the modified AQTs. So the MQTs that we're... Uh, right. So at the 50-yard, which is stage two, Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be shooting them. Good Just, to know. Mm-hmm. Which one on the like? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. What? Which size? <laughs> which one on the AQT? Which one on the AQT? Yeah. Or you're shooting the whole entire thing, but we modified it. Oh, I got you. So yeah, got you, got you, got you. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. You- so you can actually shoot it at a fifty yard. We just wanted to make sure that it was going to work. What so. are we shooting at a hundred? Hostage. Rescue the hostage. Ooh. Is it going to be a gorilla and a baby? We, oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> go prone. Shoot the gorilla in the head. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun, though. Can we go prone at 100? Can you go prone at 100? Sure, yeah. If you want What's to. the shooting position? You can do bench. You can do prone. <laughs> bench. Do- bench. I call bench. <laughs> I called bench. Nope. I called it first. I'm like shotgun bench. Okay. And what else to do? Sunday night, I talked to some really cool, cool ladies. Dawn Dealey, she uh, shoots out of Victoria. And then Susan Rattel, she is up in Barrie. And she has this amazing event every October that is um, a, like, the proceeds go to the um, breast cancer. And last time she had 350 women there shooting guns. It was awesome. So she has another one planned for this October. And we had Sarah Hisson on and also Stacy, our favorite friend. And also Jewel McClatchy was there too. So it was I know her. Yeah, I heard you did. It was a your best all ladies episode to date. It was two hours long. Yeah. I was going, Oh my god. That but you know what? It was 
some really good conversation. It was good conversation. And, you know, it was really genuine and interesting. And it wasn't like, uh, I don't. Uh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Don't take this the wrong way, but it was like listening to guys talk about guns. I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. That's a bad thing, right? I've Maybe overstepped. You don't want us to look, talk about. <laughs> Keep Japan. digging. No, no, dig up. <laughs> no, it was awesome. The, the The ladies talking about Ipsic, it was they were they were legit experienced Ipsic shooters, and listening to them talk about Ipsic was just as awesome as talking to anybody else about Ipsic, and talking about getting through malfunctions and understanding of the rules, and oh, they were awesome. Yeah. Having to have extra parts for their shadow. And- yeah. Yeah. And Dawn was talking about the fact that she's only been shooting for four years because of uh, some things with her family. And now that she's been shooting, she's been collecting Mosin-Nagants. She has 20 of them. 21 of them. So, just, yeah. Just a couple. That's when yeah. you might as well get the uh, the crate that, that ho- holds them. And that's your storage now. <laughs> Put a lock on it. <laughs> no. It was really good. They were really awesome ladies. So, yeah, I was happy to talk to them. And that's everything that I did with guns. Cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, shall we move on to upcoming events then? Sure. Um, so update on the Archie Perry fundraiser. The Matador Arms SKS stock and rail has arrived. It's in my possession. And um, if you want to know what it looks like, head on over to Matador Arms website to um, check out their chassis system. The one that I have, the rail is black, and the rail is awesome. Um, this product really impressed me when I was looking at it online, but when I got my hands on it, the fit and finish, this is what a chassis system should be. And, I mean, I'm not taking a cheap shot at Ryan Pierce, but I am. And um, it's the, the, the machining process, the, the craftsmanship is there. There's no tool marks. There's no funny cuts. It's... Not overly um, intricate, but it's a nice chassis system that the SKS drops in that makes it look modern. What I like about um, this, the finish on the back has that, you think of it, you know, you look at the back of the dust cover on an AK-47, it kind of slopes down towards the stock. Well, the SKS and its wooden stock, it kind of has that square back at the back of the dust cover. And I kind of never liked that. Well, the way that Matador Arms makes their chassis system, the back of the chassis butts up against the back of the SKS dust cover and gives it that sloping AK-47 look. The front uh, has Picatinny rails on three on four sides. So you can put uh, you know an, a Magpul AFG on the bottom. You can put a bipod. You can put a flashlight on the side, whatever you want. You can put a backup iron sight on the front if you get the front or the top rail, which you would be getting in this package, um, you can put a backup iron sight on the front. So it's um, it's quite a it's quite a quite a product. I'm very impressed with it. As I said, it's the first chassis system for an SKS I've seen that actually makes me want to get an SKS because yeah, they're 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 a rack a rack grade rifle, but they're also semi-automatic. They shoot one of my favorite calibers. I just don't like them in their wooden stock kind of configuration and all the other chassis systems for them are cheap plastic junky things but this actually makes it look like a uh, like a modern firearm so i'm pretty impressed with it so if you want to get your your raffle tickets they're five bucks each or five for 20 
Did we get the math right on that this time? <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. How many do you get for potato? <laughs> <laughs> How many potatoes? Three. Mm, Isn't that a five-pound bag? It's five bucks. Just saying. Unless they come from Beldoon, because in Beldoon, a five-pound bag of potatoes actually weighs 10 pounds because of the lead in the soil. <laughs> um, anyway, send, your, send an EMT to the show. So from now on, we're not just collecting donations. Anybody who sends us money is automatically put into this uh, raffle. And we decided that the draw date for the raffle would be June 31st. So you figure that one out. And um, we'll announce it on the show and mail out the... Uh, chassis stock system to the wiener um we'll cash your money and adriel will send you your ticket that correct adriel yep i'll send some ticket numbers out we're still getting people emailing us asking us what archie needs communication between us and archie has been very very sporadic um the only thing that he has said so far that he needed was a 1911 and one was bought for him so let's hope he doesn't say he needs a porsche uh what else we got well, this weekend is the first annual Ronnie DeGroote Rocco with your Glocko Steel Challenge. Uh, be on the range by 10 o'clock. It's 20 bucks. Barbecue at lunch. There'll be six stages, Accelerator, Pendulum, Smoke and Hope, and Showdown. And also Texas Star, Plate Rack, Man versus Man, Plate Rack, and Man versus Man, Dueling Tree. And the top, the fastest time on the Plate Rack, the individual Plate Rack stage, and the fastest time on the Texas Star will be uh, there'll be awards for that. X Metal Targets shipped to my club. Their um, plate rack system that they have it's completely modular. Well, not completely modular, but it's mo- it breaks down. You can take it apart. Two guys can can carry this plate rack. Um, one guy can carry it if he wants um, and set it up by himself. But it works a lot better with two. The legs come off. The plates come off. The rack part comes off. It's very easy to break down and store. The coolest part of this, there's two really cool features on this X-Metal Target plate rack system. One, it's all AR500 construction. And two, you have the option of putting the plates on the top where they fall over, or you can remove the module that the plate is on and hang it under the rack, and now they just sit there and they free float. So you can put it out at 100 yards. It's air 500. You can plink at it with your air 15, and you hit, and it swings. Not like the time Matthew put his plate out at 100, and I asked if I could hit it with my 22, and he said yes, and put a 223 rod through it. It didn't swing, though, because your bullet punched clean through. Clean through the center. Clean through. Yeah. Still have that target. Still use it, actually. Excellent. So that I just shoot happen. forty cal at it, so it never goes through the hole. And if I do shoot twenty two and I miss, I just went through the hole. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we also picked up for the club a um, experimental target hostage silhouette. There's a red plate in the middle that moves, and then it's got a head box and a red plate on the side that moves. And the pistol section bought it, but I think probably Muffin and I are going to shoot it with our 308 from 500 as often as possible. <laughs> so That'll be fun. That will be fun. Uh, what else we got going on? The 6th Annual Charity Shoot. If you haven't registered yet, you're a communist. Mm-hmm. Um, June 25th, Kingston, Ontario at the Brockville District Fishing Game Club. If you're interested, contact New Shooter Canada. Go to their website. Go to their Facebook page. Um, the information is all on your website. Right, Kelly? You betcha. Awesome. What else we got? Something else there? What's this SNJ Hardware? We got a couple of new sponsors. Oh, so cool. Yeah. SNJ Hardware is on board as a sponsor? 
Yep, they're going to give us some uh, armor plates. Oh, and... they, like the Air 500 plates that go into your plate carrier? Yep. Sweet. Yeah. And Spatha, that's Sean Bevan's company, he's going to throw in a muzzle brake? Muzzle brake and a t-shirt. Okay. Yep. And the Canadian Gunworks is going to throw in a gift certificate for Cerakoting. Cool. Yeah. So, again, we keep having more and more sponsors. You sure do. It's the most yeah. sponsored charity event ever, by far. Mm-hmm. Um... Hmm. Any other updates for that? Uh, no. Uh, just go to the Facebook page, Ask to be Added, and uh, probably in the next couple of days, we're going to be sending out some things on, for example, what you need to bring with you, uh, what the costs of certain things are, like uh, tickets for these wonderful things that have been donated and all that as well. So we're just uh, finalizing all that. So, yeah, that's about it. Excellent. Um, the next is, sorry, Kelly, were you going to say something? No, I just had to sniffle. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Sniffle. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself while I sniffle. Okay. Uh, got your six. Uh, to do where am I here? Got your six wounded warrior charity shoot uh, being held at the Etzen Fish and Game One Mile Range in Alberta. That's coming up pretty quick too. That's on July 16th, 17th. There's a website. Go to gotyoursixshoot.com for more information. Um, this next thing was sent to us by, um, Jason, uh, that must be Jason Philp, the 2016 CNSCA Sporting Clays National Championship at the Wapiti Shooters Club in Grand Prairie. Hey, say hi to South for me. That's September 1st to the 4th. Registration can be done at, we will put that link in the show notes, right guys? Uh, we've had it in before, but yeah, I can All throw right. it in again. Okay. Um, Stoger Day, also this Saturday, it's going to take place at the Woodstock Pistol Rifle, uh, Pistol and Rifle Club between 10 and 3 p.m. No doubt sponsored by the gun dealer, perhaps, probably. Um, Western can, the next, uh, the next event is the Western Canadian Challenge. That's open June 30th and July 1st. It's shooting clays. The Golden District Rod and Gun Club, and there's a link for that as well. And last but not neat, not last but not least, Fire Art Solutions Training Active Killer Defense Course. So if you guys remember Active Killer Defense, that's the program that Daniel Shaw and a couple other gentlemen are working on. And our friend RJ, friend of the show, uh, who we've trained with and has been on this show and New Shooter Canada and God knows how many other podcasts. He has started his own training school called Fire Art Solutions Training, and now he's hooked up with Active Killer Defense and bringing them to Canada. So this is big. This didn't take long at all, and I'm not surprised because Rick got on it. So when Rick gets on it, things get done. It's going to be on the 22nd of August in London, Ontario. Course is 150 bucks. However, if you're associated with education, if you're a teacher or administrator, it will be free. Visit FAST website for details and to sign up www.fireartsolution.ca forward slash active hyphen killer hyphen killer defense dot html that's pretty exciting guys I actually mm-hmm. spoke to the principal of my school today about this and she was very interested in it really yeah. that's good yeah she's not the, she's not the typical lockdown let everybody go hide in the room I mean that's what we do because that's policy we have to mm-hmm. um, but she, at the same time she said if we could get some training to help with something like this, this would be something that I'd be interested in, even if it was on a private, you know, level, not a not a professional yeah. level. So I was it's just, just go ahead. No, nope. I was just going to say it's just nice to to work with a, an admin 
team that uh, that isn't you know the the typical liberal head in the sand kind of running they're hide. Re- they're realistic. Well, yeah. No, something needs to be done, Matthew. Ed- the education system needs to open its eyes. Now yep. we've been we've been saying lately, how many children have died in school fires since the 1950s? Zero, none. And why is that? Well, we got fire doors, and we have fire alarms, and we have fire drills, and yeah, we we're have prepared to handle a fire. We right. need to how be many prepared. People died, how many people died in school shootings? Yeah, more than zero. Right. And what are we doing about it? We're hiding in our classrooms. Yeah. We don't have um, fireproof doors in our classrooms. We don't have big, heavy, solid core doors. We don't have a deadbolt at the top and bottom corners of the doors to stop people from kicking them in. No. Nope. We don't have, you know, the ultimate protection in the school would be armed resistance. Yep. There's a reason why shooters don't go attack police stations. Yeah. There's cops there with guns. They will shoot back. Yeah. Yep. I mean... Sometimes people attack police, but they ambush them and they outgun them. But yeah. well, anybody who's attacking, uh, yeah, right? and I, I actually have seen footage of people attacking police stations before, but they were suicidal. And yeah, it was very Definitely evident that they were suicidal. Yeah, you know, so. but uh, but still, yeah, no, the point stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kelly, how would yeah. you like to take this uh, first ridiculous news item? <laughs> well, I thought it was you guys posted the thing about the gorilla on our on our Facebook page, so I thought it was that's perfect. A- that's a stage in a match called Save My Baby. <laughs> All right. So this was actually just posted a couple of hours ago. It's it's um was on CBC and it says Gorilla Death in Cincinnati, a reminder that Canadian zoos have firepower too. It says the shooting death of a silverback gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo earlier this week after a three-year-old boy fell into the ape enclosure has uh, raised questions about what protocols and tools the Canadian zoos have at their disposal in a similar situation. It's not like all staff carry weapons, said Dale Smith, a professor of the Western Veterinary College at University of Guelph. There are always security staff in place and that would carry weapons and they have have to undergo weapons training in some situations veterinarians might also carry a weapon if the situation calls for it no legitimate zoo or animal operation will operate without safety um, procedures in place she said and ultimately if the zoo has dangerous animal it needs to have a lethal option on hand in order to guarantee the safety of humans working and the visitors there smith said so i thought i'd just throw that in that's interesting. Um, I yeah, I've, I've been to the zoo before, and I've never even it's never even crossed my mind that you know, oh yeah, they'd have guns here to if the lion attacked me. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's like, oh, it's, it's more like oh, I'm I'm glad that lion's behind a cage, <laughs> <laughs> behind a fence. So, well, I've been I've been thinking about this, and I mean, I don't want to go down the whole zoo philosophy and and uh, morals and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I saw a couple of videos of other children that fell into other gorilla enclosures, and one gorilla was like, the kid was injured, and the gorilla like picked it up and took it over to the trainer and was like, here, get this out of my habitat. It doesn't belong here. I don't want to get this filthy human out of here. And, and, and it carefully and gently carried the child and gave it to the trainer. There was another example where the gorilla like was, keep, was hold, like taking care of the child, protecting the child. And in this case, the gorilla was kind of just like hovering over the child, kind of like checking it out. And it wasn't until everybody started screaming at the gorilla that the gorilla started running around with the kid. And then I was like, okay, so my mind went from we killed this gorilla, but there are other cases where the gorillas actually protected the children. And then I stopped and went, wait a second. How many children are falling into gorilla cages? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe this is a, 
maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe if yeah. we just kept the kids out, we wouldn't have to kill the endangered species, idiots. Like, why don't... How is this act... It's 2016, and children are still following into gorilla cages. What? Mm. No. <laughs> we have to be able to solve this. Yeah, that's it. Ban kids at the zoo. No more kids. Kids are the problem. What was that, Adriel? <laughs> they they no, probably got cool. a really good view in there. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing like seeing the gorilla from the inside of the gorilla habitat. Uh, <laughs> Kelly? I was going to say, wasn't it a couple of weeks ago that there was a woman who dropped her hat in, wasn't it the tiger? And she jumped in after it? And she oh, jumped yeah. in after Like, people, how smart are these people? No, no, Not that dairy. one should be fed to the tiger. I'm sorry, lady, you put yourself in there, and it's feeding time. Yep. Y- you Give know, that's a Darwin Award waiting to happen. I'm go- going after my hat. It's not and, television. And when it's they real s- life. They eat you for real. Yeah, and when they say don't climb on the fence, it actually means don't climb don't, on the fence. And don't let your kids climb on the fence. Apparently, yeah. They put this mother through like 24 hours of interrogation at the police station like mm-hmm. what, what Well, do you think? I mean, She's it was what was it? A 3-year-old? Something. Yeah. So, I mean, I've 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 dealt with 3-year-olds. They can get away <laughs> from you quickly. They're terrorists. <laughs> So, you know, I wouldn't blame the mom. I wouldn't blame the kid. I wouldn't blame anybody. I would just say, well, this is an unfortunate event. Let's carry on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it was a gorilla. Bad. Nobody died. A gorilla died. It's an animal. Let's, you know. I, yeah, it, yeah, and it's, you know, it's sad because it's endangered and stuff. But Sure, but, This is you know, Cecil the Lion all over again. Yeah. People are losing their minds because the gorilla got shot. And, it, yeah, it's not cool. But sure, of course not. But at the same time. gorillas yesterday. Yeah, hypocrites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think a fine for uh, fine for the fact that they had to shoot the gorilla would be would be fair, like pay for pay for them to get a new one. Holy crap! Do you know how much a gorilla costs? They're free if you go to Africa. <laughs> well, that mother could find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this could go so wrong. Anyways, okay. Do you know how much? So you're saying they should bill the mother for killing the gorilla? You bet. They had to kill that gorilla because she wasn't ki- watching her kid. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Ah, I think I'll subscribe to your newsletter. I like it. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Yeah. This happened in our neck of the woods today. You want to take the next news story? Oh, I got to click on this link, don't I? We discussed this. I don't pay attention most of the time. Clearly. <laughs> no gun found in case that prompted lockdown of six Fredericton schools. So one of those schools was actually my nephew's school. So anyway, uh, to sum it up, uh, there was a guy walking through town through an area where there's some schools and he had a gun case. And so somebody panicked, called the cops. They locked down a bunch of schools. The police scrambled. They found the guy and he didn't even have a gun in the gun case. Bought a gun case and was taken at home. Yep. Uh, and what, are we supposed to buy a case for our gun cases now so that we don't scare the public? Gun-shaped cases are dangerous, folks. Remember, this is the same city that locked down the university because somebody was walking across campus with an umbrella. Umbrella, yep, yep. So, you know, it's hard to say. I, I, for one, would probably think that if I saw somebody with a gun case, sure, he may have a gun, but if he has a gun case, he's probably not up to no good. Otherwise, he wouldn't bring the case. He would just bring the gun. Yeah. So I would I think there's a bit of fail going on here. I think that if you see somebody walking down the street with a gun case, maybe it's just somebody walking down the street with a gun case. And maybe even if he does have a gun in it, it's in a case. Yeah. So if you go to the news story on CBC, they show um, uh, the police, the Fredericton police, 
released this image of the gun case that was being carried, which prompted the search. And and the story more turns into a story about lockdowns and lockdown procedures. Um, Myers believes such incidents combined with globalization have contributed to a heightened sense of awareness, you mean a youthless panic, as far as the public safety is concerned. When anything happens now across the country or across the world, we become aware of it, he said. As a result of that, we get a lot more reports of, you know, individuals with gun cases or suspected firearms, which turn out to be umbrellas. umbrellas. (laughs) When schools are locked down, students must remain in their rooms and must be still and quiet. Meanwhile, a hold and secure situation. Meanwhile, in a hold and secure situation, people are allowed to move within the building. So there's a hold and secure, and then there's a lockdown. However, no one is allowed to enter or leave the building. Police issued surveillance photos showing two persons of interest, as well as a description of one of the individuals. They also posted photos of what the hard-shelled case may have looked like. And if it, this was the kind of case that goes in a four-wheeler, yeah. and it's very irregular shaped. It barely even looks like the shape of a, of a rifle compared to other rifle cases. Yeah, oh, well, whatever. I mean, nobody was hurt. <laughs> At least the gorilla didn't get shot. That's true. No gorillas died in this incident. <laughs> and Rescue canine baby. unit deployed. They got a, They released a picture of the guy walking with the case. Like anyway. All right. Let us carry on. What do we got next? Main topic. All right. So for the main topic tonight, we um, didn't have one and came up with one <laughs> ten minutes after the show started. Basically, yeah. No, not basically. Exactly. Good job. All right, maybe it was 12 minutes, so you're right, Matthew. Basically, that's what we did. And uh, a a big shout-out to Adriel for coming up with this idea. So if it sucks, send your hate mail to Adriel at (laughs) slamfireradio.com. That actually doesn't work, by the way. No, If you want to send an email to him, that doesn't work. Try it, though. Yep. And then if that doesn't work and you're upset, send your hate mail to Matthew at (laughs) slamfireradio. Yep, that one does work. Yeah. (laughs) So the, the main topic for this week is... What we would like in Canada that the Americans have. Donald Trump. No. No. <laughs> I'm not saying that all Trump's ideas are bad. I don't hate the guy. You just prefer Trudeau's hair, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I prefer Trudeau's hair if it never mind. Yep, good call. Yeah. All right. So yeah, no, quote no, no, from there. Trevor, I prefer Trudeau's hair. That's a sound so I'm bite. Put that on the <laughs> that should that be a sound bite. Notes. I should write that down. <laughs> Yeah, uh, don't make me finish the statement and get on a list. <laughs> All right, so number one, suppressors. Why do we want suppressors, guys? Because they're quiet, they're mufflers, they're good for our ears. You can use them at uh, ranges that are within city limits and not. Yeah. Yeah, don't have complaints from the neighbors. Don't have to wear earplugs all the time. Yeah, yeah, especially for hunting, I, I would, I would definitely have a suppressor on. All I my would hunting. love to have a suppressor for hunting because you could then shoot larger centerfire rifles, and the suppressor works as a muzzle brake, so it helps you reduce the recoil, and you don't have to worry about the, the obnoxious noise in your ears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah, uh, that's what I want. I want suppressors. <laughs> I, I, the suppressor thing frustrates me because in England they're required. Yep. And in this Commonwealth country, they're, they're prohibited. prohibited. And then over across the border, all you got to do is pay 200 bucks, and you can have one. 
Well, all you got to do. It's a bit more than that, but it's No, still... I'm summing it up. All right. But why do you even have to do that, right? Like because they, they were of the See that $200 stamp came came in way back when 200 bucks was something like 2000 bucks in today's money. And so they're like, "Well, we don't want people to have these, so let's just make it really an, really expensive for them to have it so nobody will buy one." Well, turns out time marches on and inflation happens and soon enough 200 bucks isn't all that big a deal. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, I think most Americans also are under the assumption that suppressors are just for bad guys and snipers and hitmen and, and whatnot. But in reality, they're they're not. They're for the everyday person who doesn't want to annoy his neighbor, perhaps, or doesn't want to he- wear hear pl- uh, hearing protection, or you know wants the reduced uh, recoil when they're out hunting. Like there's there's so many advantages to them. Imagine driving around in your car now. Take your muffler off. You can't have your muffler on, folks, because you might run people over quietly. Yeah, exactly. Well, funny enough, they're, they're, that argument exists with some uh, motorbikers. They think louder is better because people can hear them coming. Some well, people we, do, yep. We can yeah. hear them coming and going and going. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are just a little too loud. They need yeah. suppressors on their bikes. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the most ridiculous ones. So I would run. I would run a suppressor on everything. I'd run even on my twenty twos. I'd run a suppressor. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I, yeah. I'd be getting integrally suppressed rifles all over the place. Mm-hmm. That is that. Did I say that right? Integrally or is it in, on the inside? Made yeah. on the inside. Yeah, on the inside. Built built in inside. I've seen some pictures of uh, some ten twenty twos with the integral suppressors, and it just looks like a, a slightly bigger than normal bull barrel. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. it's just like whisper quiet. Mm-hmm. You can cool. actually hear the bolt hitting the uh, chamber. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. yeah, that's cool. I wish we had that. Me too. But uh, I mean, it does it does cut down on muzzle flash, and we all know muzzle flash is cool. Mm. Um, what's another thing, Adriel? That well, was- for me, like the thing that I would, uh, I don't know about more than suppressors, but probably equally uh, would be non restricted ARs. We've got a whole class of. Uh, rifles that are popular here that don't really have a business being popular here and and in the states would have a niche following mm-hmm. um, because ARs are so awesome. Yeah, Robinson uh, XCR for one. XCRs, ACRs. Um, I mean, they're they're really cool guns. Absolutely, but, but, but nobody cares about them in the U.S. Nope, because nope, they can just go get really. an AR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the VZs. Nobody cares about because they can get AKs, even though the VZ is a better rifle. But anyway, yeah, you know, the, I think there'd still be VZs here if we had non-restricted ARs. There'd still be people who you know want that look and want that uh, that seven sixty by thirty nine rifle. But non-restricted ARs would be killer for uh, coyote hunting and uh, uh, go, even gopher hunting. That would be really cool, right? Imagine Heck a suppressed yes. AR going gopher hunting. That would be sweet in three hundred blackout. Then I'd have a use for it. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. But I mean, like, so many people don't get into competition here because they don't have a proper uh, sporting rifle. And, the, and main, the main reason why they don't have a proper sporting rifle, they're non-restricted. And, they're, and the non-restricted ones that we do have uh, cost like two, dollars $3,000 kind of yeah. thing, right? Uh, I think we would probably have more non-restricted shooters and we'd probably have more uh, competition shooters if ARs were non-restricted because... They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't skip the AR because they're uh, restricted. 
Well, that mm-hmm. kept me out of three gun and, and long, you know, that type of shooting for a long time because long I, I refuse not to. I refuse to get an AR because what's the point of having a rifle I can't go hunting with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of got the pistol because you know, fine, we're not allowed to hunt with them, so I might as well get one to shoot at the range. But I wasn't about to buy a rifle that I couldn't shoot anywhere but the range. It just didn't make sense to me. No, it was only because you wanted to come play in more types of competition and matches that you bit the bullet and said, yeah, all right, let's build one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not because it was free and built for you by the listeners. No, no, it has nothing to do with it. No. Actually, it that, that has everything to do <laughs> with everything it. To do with it. Yeah, yeah, everything. In fact, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now <laughs> I want to talk about this pistol thing. Jeff Reese sent me a text today, and he said, I'm going to be meeting with some um, progressive, conservative, hopeful candidates um, soon at something and he said what he said if you could ask one question to a politician about gun laws what would it be and my question was this how does classification help with public safety i can have a vz58 and hunt with it but i can't hunt with my air i can have a glock 17 but i can't have a glock 19 this point two of an inch is really keep the public safe? Well, my question is, I can hunt with a high-powered, quote-unquote, of course, you know, I'll pull the liberal uh, definition of a <laughs> centerfire rifle. I can, I can go hunting with a, quote-unquote, high-powered rifle, but I can't take a measly little 9 mil along. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why am I trusted with such a powerful firearm, but I'm not trusted with a little, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, in comparison, just a pop gun? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I can't have. I can have a Smith and Wesson model twenty nine, but I can't have a snub nose thirty eight special revolver. Yep. Mm. So uh, did he get an answer for you? Well, he hasn't. No, he's going to take the question to the meeting. Oh. So the fact that we have classifications for pistols is dumb because I can conceal a Glock seventeen, which would be a lot more effective than if I was concealing some. 25 or 32 caliber semi-automatic pistol. Now, in the risk of running down a rabbit hole, have you guys read the Conservatives' uh, new stance on firearms? No. They are they they passed a resolution um, in their party that passed with a whopping majority um, that they would like to adopt a simple classification system for firearms, and it reads something like this. I don't. I'm I'm doing it from memory here, but basically, if it's fully auto, it's prohibited period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's restricted if it is less than 660 millimeters, and it's non-restricted if it's not. That's Interesting. it. That also- sounds like the uh, the platform that CTC Supplies was trying to push. Um, I know him and a couple of other guys were uh, oh, the, right around uh, just before C42 came out, they were working on this common sense gun legislation. And that was that was one of the ideas they had yeah. was just just more simple. Uh, well, I mean, that would that would eliminate all the short-barreled pistol stupidness. Also, it would eliminate the stupidness of the not allowed to have 25 or 32 caliber pistols. So it would eliminate mm-hmm. that crap. It would eliminate the AR being restricted. Um, it would eliminate, you know, everything. It would just, AKs would be back on the table, everything. We would be, we'd be able to have everything back except full auto and anything less than 66 centimeters, which is for our American friends, what, about a uh, foot and a half, or two, two and a half feet? Mm-hmm. Um, anything shorter than that would be restricted, but anything longer than that we'd be able to hunt with. So simple. Yeah. Now, I mean, the the the, the full auto one's kind of silly as well. It I is. Mean, if if you look at um, if you look at how fast 
sports shooters can pull the trigger on a semi-auto, they're not giving up a whole heck of a lot to uh, to a full auto firearm, or at no. least a slow full auto firearm, right? No. You can't you can't get a, a twelve hundred uh, rounds per minute like a, you can with an AR, but you can get I don't know four like three, four, five hundred if you if you're really working it. Oh, probably easy. Yeah, um, so I know in I, paintball we used to you know ten balls a second was like you know slow and that was what the average person could do with their finger on a mechanical trigger was 10 10 shots a yeah. second yeah that's 600 that's that's, that's 600 rounds that, will do right that's Uzi's right that's that 600 so yeah that's what anybody can do well anybody with a very limited amount of practice could do with any semi-automatic firearm so yeah. what's what's the sense in banning full autos if all they're doing is 600 rounds a minute anyway yeah. Now that being said, I don't I don't particularly care. I'd rather have all the all the cool stuff. <laughs> sure, absolutely. And full auto would be a lot of fun, but at the yeah. same time, you know, I understand that there has to be a line drawn somewhere and I understand that if they introduce this without the full auto being prohibited, the public would never go for it. But I, the way it's introduced now, you know, it has a, it stands a chance. You know, this this will go along nicely, I think, with the CCFR's approach. Um you know, NFA had the kind of no compromise thing for a while, and CCFR isn't necessarily about compromise. It's about being realistic. And one of the things we're realistic about is that we know that Canadians will probably never accept non-licensing. Right. Okay? So we've taken this approach. All right. So you, I got to have a license? Fine. Give me everything and license me accordingly. Let me have small pistols and make it a classification on my license. Let me have full auto and make it a classification on my license. Give us everything back short of nuclear weapons. I'm just kidding. They didn't say that. But, you know, um, I'd like to see classification going away, and so would the CCFR. But um, we're, we're trying to work towards some kind of give us everything back but license us for it. I mean, who among you wouldn't go take a weekend class if it meant that you could have um, – full auto when you're done yeah i mean that would um like one of the one of the reasons for not having full auto is that if someone's not experienced and they pull a trigger on it they can kind of spray bullets all over the place and you don't know where those bullets are going to hit but uh uh, i think yeah if if they showed everyone uh how it worked that would that would be fine Mm -hmm. yeah they could still do it if it was a semi though too right so i think anyways the other thing that uh, was in the conservative um the civilian firearms ownership is a Canadian heritage. That's one of the things they're wanting to change as well. Just thought I'd say. Cool. Um, yeah. Um. All right. Matthew would have had an opinion on that, I'm sure, but he had to step away for a minute. So <laughs> let's get on to this next one. Kelly, you want to start us off on this next one? Regular capacity magazines. Mm. They don't pin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we have to, uh, as some states do, not every state has That's true. regular capacity. There are capacity limitations in certain states and in some cases in certain towns and jurisdictions. So it's kind of ridiculous. There are no there are very few American gun laws and lots of individual states uh-huh. state gun laws. But anyway, um you know what? And this may seem kind of ridiculous, but one of the reasons why I want regular capacity magazines in Canada, believe it or not, is for the sport of Ipsic. We have a um, kind of an exemption. Like we use the same rule book as the rest of the world, but where it says uh, the minimum distance for steel is seven meters, uh, in Canada, there's an exemption. And it's actually 10 meters, which is ironic that it's the 
test question is seven meters when the black badge is unique to Canada, so it should be changed to 10 on the exam, but whatever. Well, there's another exemption that we have for Canada, and that is capacity. We have an exemption to the capacity rule in Canada stating that all of our magazines will only hold 10 rounds. And so I guess that's to prevent guys like me from going in there with my FN 40 mags in an FN 9, because then that wouldn't be fair. Everybody else would have to run that kind of a set up to have the advantage that I have. So to keep everybody on an even playing field, Ipsic Canada has asked for an exemption so that in Canada, as a rule, you cannot use more than 10 rounds in your gun to coincide with Canadian law. Because of that, Ipsic Canada will never be, Ips, er, Canada will never be allowed to host a level four, or level five match because those matches are world championship matches or, um, Pan American Cups or stuff like that, like bigger international matches. And those matches will only go to countries that have no capacity restrictions. So Canada is kind of ripped off because of that. There used to be a loophole to allow us to get an exemption for those matches, but um, somebody in government found out and closed it. Yeah. So until that's done, nothing. Yeah. And then, of course, is my other pet peeve about capacity in an AR if, or a handgun. Let's say a handgun. I, let's, let's, let's look at it from a handgun point of view. If my handgun is restricted to a range, what difference does it matter how many gun, bullets are in the gun? I'll play devil's advocate. All right. So civilians are allowed to carry. So if you're going to carry, well, you can only have 10 rounds because that will put you at a disadvantage if you go up against law enforcement. Law enforcement will have 15 or 17, depending on what they're carrying. But as a civilian, we're going to let you carry. And if you decide you want to get into a gunfight with a cop, well, you're going to be restricted to 10 rounds in your gun. I could almost see that in some twisted, logical way being applied. But since the gun is restricted to a gun range where I'm allowed to shoot it, what difference does it make if I have 10 rounds in the gun or 17 rounds in the gun? Why neuter it? I'm on a gun range. Because if you go berserk, then, you know... You know, because you won't take the rivet out. Mm. But I think that's their reasoning. It's because they think that if we're limited in capacity, if we lose our minds, at least we've only got 10 rounds at a time. But they just, they failed to put it, they failed to implement it properly. They said, just put in a, a rivet. You can remove a rivet. They didn't, did they not think this through? Well, or are they doing not... this just to punish us just because we're gun owners and they don't like us? So let's just make it hard for them. Uh, you well, know ultimately what? it's a, it's a, metal a bent steel box with a spring in it like yeah. there, <laughs> there's there's not a lot of complexity here if you're in a third world and, and you had to like make a gun out of scrap steel the magazine would be the easiest part of the whole deal mm-hmm. so i don't know I don't, I don't really see the point in uh in even the the 10 rounds uh yeah the 10 round me- uh capacity for pistols or the the rifle no matter how easy or difficult it is to block. Well, the other thing is, why is it ten for the right or ten for the pistol and five for the rifle? Yeah, that's a good point. That's like what? Let's just come up with a number and just make it the same for both. At least then it would be a little easier to remember. But that's interesting, Matthew. Hmm, that look could at, come bite come and bite you in the butt though. Five for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd see. I'd rather <laughs> ten for everything, right? But if they went five for everything, that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, things could always be worse. Kelly's got a point. We could yeah. be, like in Australia, there's no such thing as a rivet. No, they have, well, it's not in magazines. Be, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, yeah, the magazine has to be physically altered and cut shorter to only accept the number of rounds that it's allowed to have. Yeah. So that makes things a lot more difficult for them. So I'm glad we don't have that law. But I mean, realistically, that's how they should have worded it here in Canada if they wanted us to be limited to 10 and 5 rounds. Because then you can't just remove a simple rivet. That's right. Yeah, and these guys that go on Facebook and CGN and stuff and, and, and they put up the meme about the only difference between me and three years in jail is a three-cent rivet. Stop bragging to the antis how easy it is to unpin your magazine. Exactly. We don't want to give them any ideas to no. make our laws any worse. Yep. So, okay, well, why don't we shift gears here, shift gears then, and talk about some things that we actually have in Canada that uh, don't exist in the States. Well, uh, I mean, free health care. <laughs> Gun related. That was actually Kelly's joke from earlier. I just wanted to steal it. It wasn't funny then either. It still is. Hey, it was a little funny. Come I on. think it was funny. If I didn't think it was funny, I wouldn't have repeated it, funnier Kelly. It's so. my way to say it's not funny. Yeah, it's going to be funnier your way when I hang up on you. <laughs> what am I, Grandpa Oliver? <laughs> All right. Adriel, you put in the first one. Short barrel shotguns. Oh, so yeah, baby. Yeah, we've got some real short shotguns Yeah, here. we do. And uh, in the U.S., I believe these are any other weapons. So they're... Uh, uh, you can't get a tax, tax stamp for these. These are uh, a little bit more tightly controlled, whereas here you can just buy them and they're non-restricted. So you can now, now, for our American listeners who are going, what? Here, let me make you go, what? A second time, because if we buy them from the factory at less than 18 inches, because that's what our typical barrel length here is. If it's more than 18 inches, it's usually non-restricted. If it's less, it's usually restricted. In semi-auto. In semi-auto. Um yeah, I, just, I didn't want to confuse him with additional details, but thanks, Trevor. That's cool. <laughs> if we buy it from the factory at less than 18 inches, it can be downed as short as, you know, 6 inches. They, they, they don't care, as long as it comes from the factory that way. We're not allowed to cut it ourselves, though, to less than 18 inches. So there is yeah. that little bit of a, well, that's dumb. Yeah, I can buy a, a shotgun with a 14-inch barrel, but I can't take my 18-inch barrel and cut it down to 14. That's right, even though they're identical in any other way, except that a factory cut it the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. dumb. The but, factory uses a saw that's embedded or impregnated. The, the blade is impregnated with unicorn horn. Right. And so that's what makes it okay. Yes, that's definitely it. Mm-hmm. Really? No. Oh. You didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are the new girl. Um. You know what? I'm going to actually say something that most people wouldn't think is a positive, but we have licensing in Canada, and it allows us to walk into a store, flash it, and walk out with a non-restricted firearm on the spot. There's, for Americans, they have to get a background check on... Now, I don't, I don't, this guy, don't shoot me. Send your hate mail to Kelly. It could be different from state to state, but it's my understanding that all guns require a background check. And, you know, like whether it be a handgun or a single-shot shotgun, if you want to buy a gun, they, you have to prove that you're not a felon by getting a background check. And you have to wait for the check to go through, the background Whereas check to come ours out. ours is automatic. Ours is automatic. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. And, yeah, and we just show our card and off we go. So, yeah, Trevor and I have had this discussion before. Um, I don't know if it was on the show or not. But, yeah, he, it's a really good point that, yes, we have to have a license to own the gun, but that does actually make our lives easier. Mm-hmm. That being said, I would give up that slight in, that slight convenience to know that I could legally own a gun without the license, because then somebody couldn't arbitrarily take my license away from me. 
that being said, you know, it's not all bad. There are some silver linings in this cloud. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No waiting. And I mean, the other the other one that uh, that I just thought of as you were mentioning that, Trevor, is uh, mail order guns. Oh, yes. And, oh. <laughs> you and I are buying shotguns over the internet and have yep. them delivered Shit. to our doors. Well, I bought one in America and having it delivered to my door. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I so, mean, and so in the states they have to use their uh, their local FFLs. gun shop or yep. yeah FFL, and uh, I think they have to pay for the privilege, maybe like twenty bucks or thirty bucks. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah thing. And there's all sorts of ridiculousness around that. What happens if the gun shop goes out of business when they've got your gun? Yep. And, yep. Or they didn't pay for your gun. Whereas here in Canada, you order the gun, you get it sometimes the same week at your yeah. door. And it's, yeah. so it's awesome. awesome when that happens. You order yeah. it on Monday and there it is on Thursday. It's like, yeah. Sales in between individuals sometimes also have to go through FFLs. Where if Matthew wants to sell me his Troy Par, he gives it to me and I give him money and we call it a day. Yep. No one it's no one no one is aware of that transaction. Right. The only now because Matthew and I know each other, it's fine. However, if it's a stranger, you're you're required to do some due diligence right. and ensure that that is a licensed individual and their license is current. And I've I've recently sold guns on the internet and all the buyer does is take a picture of his license and email it to me and I'm good to go. You don't bother calling it in? No. All if right. it's got, if the expiry date is not anywhere near what today's date is, I just, yep, good enough. That's because that's what I would do in person. That's what the gun store does. The gun store doesn't call in my name to see if my license has been revoked. They just, I show them my card. They give me a gun. So if Excellent it's good enough point. for the gun store, it's good enough for me. Excellent mm-hmm. point. But if the gun store is doing it wrong, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just saying. Yeah. Because gun st- gun stores are dumb. I stood there and watched a guy yeah. try and coach a guy on how to do a straw purchase. Yeah. So, anyway, um, all right. Let's move on to Norinco Firearms. Yeah, hey, we can hey. get cheap Chinese guns. Yeah, my M14 clone will be here on the weekend. Thank nice. you very much. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's one that I hear the Americans are really jealous of us uh, on because you can like not for the not for most of that gun the M14 Norinco version. Uh, they really like the receiver. The the Polytechs have a have a good rep down there for dimensionally accurate. Uh, I think they're forged uh, instead of cast receivers, so they're a little bit harder, and they're dimensionally more accurate. So they really like those uh, those M14s uh, as a a base to build upon. That's right. Yep. A lot of guys were um, building the match rifle on the Nork receiver when they could get them. You just said that, didn't you? Yeah. Th- thank you yep. for listening. I was yeah. getting a text from the squire. I apologize. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, Trevor I distracted the, on the show? That never happens. I saw a rock. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> uh, Norinko tried selling some uh, 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 AK-47s and some other like really stuff they shouldn't have been selling to to civilians uh, to, uh, was it like an FBI sting uh, in the U.S.? And uh, I don't know. So they're, they're banned for imports. So they don't sell uh, rifles or pistols into the U.S. market. Although I have heard that they sell sh- they, they can sell shotguns. I don't, I don't quote me on this, but I believe they sell shotguns into the U.S. Not that there's a huge market know. for that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, the other, the other thing that's been banned from import is uh, R- Russian rifles, right? So, um, SKSs whereas- and stuff. 
Yeah, the SVTs especially. They may, like when we got that last shipment in uh, of SVTs where they're going for right around three hundred bucks. At that same time, they're selling for seven, eight, nine hundred dollars in the U.S. because they're Crazy. they're down to collectors, right? Collectors looking yeah. for them. Whereas here, just anyone who's kind of got the fancy and and wants a a World War II rifle, they can just kind of buy one, right? Refurbished, of course. But, of course. Yeah. Huh. Yep. What's cool. next? Uh, I think we're down to more consistency in laws between provinces. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there, there's some little idiosyncrasies between them, but um, we do have a lot more consistencies because a lot of our laws are at the federal level in terms of, like, what you can and can't have. That's right, yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, go to California and try to buy a gun and then go to Vermont and try to buy a gun. You're going to get way two way different responses. You know, in California, they're going to say, well, does it have a bullet button? Uh, does it have a pistol grip? Does it have a flash hider? Does it have a removable magazine? Does it blah, 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 this and that, the other thing? And then in Vermont, it's like, okay, here's your gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so like the, there's that pain in the butt, like the 10-round mags, the the weird-looking ARs that they have to have in New York and California to, to meet... Uh, uh, spec down there. And now that my- being that being said, Americans now have the choice to move to a state where they have better gun laws. Where we don't have that choice in Canada, mm. all of our gun laws are the same everywhere. We Unless you're in the U.S., Quebec. if you move out of Quebec, it gets better, right? Because Quebec has laws that we don't have. That's true. They got yeah, they got some. But uh, that being said, again, most provinces have different ways the policies are enforced. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of CFO, if you're listening, when are you coming to inspect that berm? I need it ready for SummerSlam. There you huh. go. Well, what do you okay. think the likelihood of that happening is? 80%. <laughs> uh, they're usually pretty good, though. I can't complain about the New Brunswick CFO's office. I really can't. They are actually, yeah. They're, they're when I call good. and they recognize the sound of my voice. Oh, Trevor. I got that last time I called Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, are we wrapped up with this then? Do we want to roll into some listener feedback? Yeah, let's sure. do that. Yeah. All right. So um, what is this LARPing video YouTube link that was sent in to us? Did Owen send in the video? <laughs> He'd kill me if you heard me say that. Well, Ross from Calgary sent it to us because of the fact that he was talking about Owen. Oh, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't watch it. But thank you, Ross. <laughs> yeah. So do you want me to read uh, Ross's letter? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so this is Ross from Calgary. It says, hello. Uh, there is Canadian Unicorn, a gun room. Uh, it says, there are many who claim to have them, but today have not seen the documentation on oh. what is required specifically. Would you know where such a unicorn exists? So he's wondering about gun rooms. I don't Secondly, know. Oh, okay. Um, well, <laughs> let, let's stop there for a second, Kelly, if that's okay. If you go to the Canadian Firearms Center website and download the Safe Storage and Transportation brochure, it describes on there what a gun room can be. And it says you have to keep them in a uh, gun cabinet, a safe, or a room designed for the storage of firearms. And it's like, now... This was told to me by somebody who somebody in an elevator called once and their cousin asked. And basically, it's it's a, a room that's um, secure. No windows, solid core door, that sort of thing. If the room is considered secure and difficult to break into, then you're... Well, and, and that's the, that's it, right? It's, it's all about that wording. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says reasonably, or, uh, you know, designed for, 
and secure. So what's, 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 what's the definition of that? Well, I think it's, you're going to have to do your best to make sure that a reasonable person would consider it difficult to break into and secure. So as long as a reasonable person would agree with you, then I think you're okay. That being said, I'm not a lawyer, but I could probably also say that a hollow pine sheet door is not going to cut it. Right. I mean, but it's typical of all the wording in the Firearms Act. That's right. Many things that are poorly defined. Yeah. Yeah. So when in doubt, what do you do? Call the law. You, you call the Canadian Firearms Center and you say, send yep. me the definition of a room that's difficult to break into. That's right. And they won't because they don't have it. And at least then you've <laughs> covered your butt. Right. But you then can they, say you tried. Yeah. So they don't want to say, they don't want to put up the standard. No. Because if you build the room and then somebody says, oh, the room's not good enough, then you can say, oh, yeah, well, I was told by the Canadian Firearms Center it is. It's all about skirting responsibility, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. That's right. Speaking of of which, Adriel left. Yes, Adriel yes. said goodbye. He didn't he say goodbye. Listen. He actually just left. That's right, because he, he hates the Yeah, he dropped his mic. <laughs> off he went. He has to go play soccer or something. I don't know. Wasn't paying attention, but speaking of skirting responsibility of saying goodbye to the listeners, who apparently he loves, but apparently doesn't. No. What he actually hey, hey, said hey. was, I hate the listeners. I'm leaving. Yes, but I, well, he whispered that in my ear before he left. I don't know how he did that. That'd be awkward. I'm going to pretend I didn't say that. Let's carry on. <laughs> eh, anyway. <laughs> he and I were the only ones here last week, by the way. We and? were busy teaching people <laughs> how to shoot guns while you guys were right. making up what you thought you knew about shotguns. So don't even exactly. start with me about that. Okay. So, Gary, or sorry, Ross from Calgary it goes on to say, secondly, and slightly off topic, have you seen the Expedia commercial Mocking LARPing with a bunch of nerdy folks in costumes? Played it back a few times and didn't see Owen. Guess he missed the curtain call. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, how is uh, the Archie Gun Fund? Uh, what does he need? And best regards, Ross in Calgary. Cash. Mm-hmm. Yep, basically cash. Send, send EMTs to us. We will put your name in a draw and he will get money. It'll be great. Yes, it will be. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. And if anybody wants to donate an SKS to me, I'll buy one of these chassis to put it in. <laughs> huh? Whatever, man. It worked for Matthew. I don't know. It's true. Right. I'm just kidding. All right. I I shot uh, Archie's 1911 at the uh, Black Badge. It was the first time that um, James got to shoot a 45. So I was very happy that I was able to ruin his first 45 experience by giving him a 1911. It's like it's prom night, and it's his first time. (laughs) And he ended up really disappointed because, you know, it's like he went home with VD or something. (laughs) So you're welcome. Terrible. Actually, the gun shot really well. Uh, But, yeah, seven around mag, and on the last round, uh, the brass didn't come out. Uh, The extractor just needs to be tuned. Exactly. No, the yeah, the extractor. That's right. So yeah. say say exactly, and then just stop talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next time. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, next time, I'll learn for next time. The next mag <laughs> we put through it, no problem. 100% reliability, shot well, was accurate. And um, yeah, I'm really cool. happy with it. Cool. So Archie's getting a brand new, no, not fired bot gun. It, it, it was listed as used. Oh, okay. Um, but it looks, I mean, there's not a mark anywhere inside or... And outside the magazine had no marks on it. I think I just I think I just shot the gun for maybe the first time. I think somebody bought it and then traded up or something. I don't know. Right. So, Decided that forty five was too much for them. Maybe. Yeah. So they got a forty four. 
it was listed as used, but it was and it wasn't it, really all that used. Yeah, it's an impeccable condition. Cool. So, all right, Matthew, the next one, please. Hello, gents. Catching up on some older episodes, Matt was talking about the lack of opportunity to try various gun models in his area. Area. I'm starting to speak like the native natives. <laughs> Uh, prior to making a purchase. He then went on to say that he purchased the pistols that interested him uh, instead and resold them if they didn't fit the bill. The loss of money, if any, was to be considered a rental fee. Well, when I heard this, the clouds parted and the light came on with the sound of angels singing. All I needed was this logic to settle my dilemma. I was debating between the perceived value of the Smith & Wesson SD9VE versus the M&P both in 9mm. So I bought both used on CGN at reasonable prices, and I have to say that I am pleased with both with regards to their intended design. After hearing Trevor's comments on the MMP grip size and having a hard time reaching the mag release, I think that he would be pleasantly surprised by the SD9VE, hoping that he would not let his ego get in the way. Yes, it's an 8-pound trigger, but I see that as a dry-fire training tool. The low pro, uh, price point also makes it a good option if you have a quick access safe in every room of your home, like certain people who once open carried in Utah. They're not all quick access. <laughs> I don't see either losing too much value if I decide to extend the rental duration. If Tom Gresham is the great enabler, Matt comes in as a close second. Thanks to you all for a great show. Regards, the Road Warrior. Etienne Tremblay. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I looked hard at the SD9VE last year. Um, it was on the list. Jeff Reese was going to hook me up with one at the Calgary Shooting Center, and I just I figured I have an M&P. Why do I need the new Sigma? This is basically what it is. It's an improved Sigma. You don't have an M&P. I did, right? So I right. didn't need the, the, That's right. the Smith & Wesson. But it's a lot of gun for the money, I'm told. And the trigger, guess what? can be cleaned up with apex parts oh there you go cool i've not seen a bad review online yet they they say it is what it is but when you consider the price it's definitely worth buying awesome Mm -hmm. well it's good to know and i'm i'm happy in my new role as the great enabler Mm. or the second great enabler Mm -hmm. i think trevor the first no it's tom gresham tom gresham okay yeah Yeah. so so but uh, my powers of rationalization oh, yeah. are amazing. Like, I can rationalize any purchase, any time. Absolutely. I can rationalize most of my erratic behavior, actually, <laughs> until I get back on the meds. But, you know. So, listen, if you want to send us some uh, information and tell us what meds you're on, you can do so <laughs> by sending the email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, Stacy has spoiled us and checks our iTunes reviews and then sometimes doesn't, so it's her fault we don't have any updates for you. There you go. However, if you would like to give Stacy work, <laughs> you could do so by going to iTunes and leaving us a rating. Um, anything uh, other than or just five stars. Yeah, that's it. Just anything five. other than a one, two, three, or four star would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Matthew. That's what I was trying to say when I had my seizure. Yeah, that's okay. I understand. I help you out. Mm, I appreciate yeah. it. So, uh, and we want them from other countries. You know, I logged into iTunes tonight to give the Canadian Patriot Podcast a five star review, so that uh, the liquor that I mailed to um, wait, can you mail liquor? Scratch that. Cut that. The, um, <laughs> yes, you can. I'm pretty sure you can. 
I, I'm not saying what courier service I use. That's it. There you go. So there you go. If it contradicts certain policies of certain couriers, that's, that's not the one I used. That's right. So anyway, I, I sent a bottle of moonshine to Gavin, and the deal is <laughs> if you leave a five-star review for Gavin or for uh, Canadian Patriot Podcast, you can suggest something for him to drink. So I kind of circumvented the system by providing him the liquor and then went and gave him the review. Oh, well, there you go. The point of all this is logging into iTunes is a pain in the butt, but shows appreciate it because it helps them get noticed when you leave those reviews. That's so right. if, you're, if you're a listener from another country other than Canada or the United States, um, uh, we've got one from Australia, we've got one from UK, and just because we'd like to know, you know, who's out there and who's listening. So Exactly. And make it's, sure you, if you're from a country with an accent, please write it with an accent. Yes, absolutely. That, and then we'll make Trevor read it. I was yeah. just going to say, and then Trevor's got to read it. Speaking of accents, big shout out to Jake's. Jake with an S. Jake's was from South Africa. And he was an Ipswich shooter in South Africa. And now he's in Canada and he needed his black badge course so he could shoot Ipswich. And uh, he, he was awesome. He had the coolest accent. Unfortunately, he shot a Springfield 1911 in 9mm. Um, I cleaned the motor oil out of it for him, and then it ran again. That was fun. He, no, uh, wheel-bearing grease. That's what was in the gun, <laughs> wheel-bearing grease. That's Think rough. Thickest <laughs> grease. You, yeah, so anyway, the gun ran. I was surprised. I'd never seen a gun that dirty run that well until it didn't. So we went and we cleaned it, and then it ran great again. And during the class, I was like, dude, I'm not ignoring you, but kind of ignoring you. <laughs> You just don't need my help. You're here kind of jumping through a hoop, and that's fine. So he enjoyed it, though. He learned. He did say he learned a few things, and uh, but it was awesome, yeah. He's on Prince Edward Island, and there's another guy over there on Prince Edward Island that came in the Miramichi to take the class, and I've contacted Ipsic about helping them uh, get more Ipsic going, helping them start a section, and I'm trying to make my way over there to teach a black badge. Cool. So, McClatchy, you might yeah. want to come to PEI. And help I, I have sworn badge. that I will never return to that cursed isle. Oh, okay. Well, then you're out then. Yeah, I'm out. So just like but, that. Uh, Actually, though, I, I'd rescind that for for to help you sh- teach guns. black badge. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm also going to put on a. Um, but there's basically no other reason for for PEI to exist unless you eat lobster, which you and I don't. So. I don't. Yeah. yeah. And Anne of Green Gables can well nope. she can fall off that roof that she was that, climbing on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, next time the fire just needs to keep going. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, I'll go to PEI with you. Excellent. We're okay. going to um, put on an arrow. Chlor- oh, I'm hoping. I, I've sent an email to Ipsic New Brunswick today uh, expressing my intentions to hold an RO course uh, August 27th, 28th, because I don't have enough to do this summer. But when I get back. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you better really fill up your schedule because, yeah, come I on. I had man. a weekend. What do you want me to do? You need to relax, <laughs> dude. This is me relaxed. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, August 27th, 28th, I want to teach a black badge course, and uh, those guys are going to drive all the way from Prince Edward Island to, not a black badge, an RO course. They're going to drive all the way to Prince Edward Island to take the RO course. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be cool. And then uh, hopefully we can get a section going over there. Um, those are my shout-outs. Who, oh, uh, Byron, thank you for the piston. For, for Adriel. There, for I, I, I did Adriel's shout-out. That's a nice... That's good. Frosty says thanks. Following up on that. I got one. I'm going to uh, say hey to, uh, to Styx. And, yeah, no squirrels were injured or sh- killed this year, this uh, week. And I'm on this some... This week? Yeah. I heard him. He was upset with you and Adriel and your squirrel killing. He was. Right, What's wrong so. with killing squirrels? They um, were paper squirrels, too. Well, who cares? 
Anyways. They're, they're not nearly as tasty as real ones, but whatever. <laughs> Better than men Groundhog. Were, mm. Men were killed this week. Mm. Oh. I've got a yeah. shout out to uh, Paul Lombard. Lombard? Lombardo? I forget. Lombard. Lombard. Sure. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I haven't actually met him yet, but he has offered to take me to the Florenceville Range uh, along with uh, a student that my mom tutors who earned a trip to the range with uh, hard work and, and diligence and whatnot. So we'll be taking a, a young fellow out to the range, and Paul said that he would take us. So shout out to Paul for uh, for stepping up and helping out fellow gunnies. Fantastic. By the way, um, even if Paul says that the steel plates should be hard enough to shoot them with two, two, three, don't. Uh, don't. Okay. <laughs> well, I guarantee they're not going to be there anyway because right. they're being repaired. Right. Don't, ask, don't ask me how I know. I don't know anything. Oh. All right. And Kelly's high. Yes, I am. My cold meds have kicked in. <laughs> How much? Are you drunk? No, I'm on Sudafed NyQuil. My teeth are green. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. All right. <laughs> Please join the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights or the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Or if there's another one that you support, that's fine too, I guess, whatever. Remember, the AGM is coming up real soon, same weekend as the charity shoot, so... Uh-huh. We will be voting online live at the. We're doing so much technology for the AGM; it's crazy. You're going to be able to watch it online, and you're going to be able to vote online while it's going on. I think, man, I hope I'm not wrong. But <laughs> I hope on, you are. What if you're on the range that day? No, it's Friday. I'll be on the range Saturday. No, I'm on the range on Friday. Oh, well, then you have to do it from your phone. You don't get to vote. Vote by Trevor. I give you my proxy. Me too. It has to be in writing, guys. I write, I'm verbally writing this. <laughs> verbally in, writing. I'm verbally writing this. Trevor, take this down. <laughs> I give you my proxy. All right. There you go. It's in writing. <laughs> um, go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada because uh, Chris Anderson is lonely. Yep. And uh, he also likes long walks on the beach and collecting marbles. There you go. Because like he's lost one. all his. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> so he collects other people's. He steals them from children in the park. Uh, oh my god. I'm on cold meds too. Carry on. Yeah, like us on Facebook. 1,451. Just kidding. 1,451. <laughs> and 101 <laughs> thumbs up. Five gold stars. We need more gold stars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two flukes, so two manatee flippers, uh, one walrus penis, a safe place. <laughs> wow. That went off the rails. <laughs> yeah. So. Are you sure you're not taking the cold meds? Very sure. Okay. All right. Um, So until next week, everyone, stay safe. Shoot straight. And stay classy like Trevor. (laughs) San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of things classy in one of them. Good night, everybody. Good, good night. Good night, Kelly. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Say when. When. Hello and welcome when? to <laughs> You're the d- who's got to get to the soccer field, man. That's, it's so awesome because he doesn't mind blowing it. Just uh, stick it to you. Yeah, that's good, though. That's good. That's <laughs> All right, try awesome. it again. Oh, Kelly, say good night, James. It's actually like. All right, I, I cut you off. Do it again. Good night, James. <laughs> See, I got a cold. I can't. Yeah, it wasn't terribly Six sexy. sexy. Kelly is not quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. 
All right. Are we done? <laughs> oh, we were done a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good night, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are hilarious on drugs. Uh, I'm not on drugs. You're on something. I'm on... Uh, I'm high on life. That's basically it. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, I prefer Trudeau's hair.